Good morning. The reading today is from the book of John, chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. If you're here for the very first time, thank you for being here. If you, if you open up your programs, you will notice on the right-hand side there are some fill-in-the-blanks. Those answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my sermon today. We are in our third week of our current sermon series, Who Needs Jesus? Uh, no, excuse me, Who Needs Christmas? And so, I do, I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So the big idea uh, today is that Christmas is for people who need freedom. Again, Christmas is for people who need freedom. And when mentioning freedom, excuse me, people, it's referring to Christians and non-Christians alike. If you recall, two weeks ago, we read the scripture according to the gospel of Matthew in the first chapter, that the angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and told him to take Mary uh, as his wife that the child she was carrying was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she would have a son, and Joseph was to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now you see, when Adam and Eve, as we recall the scriptures of this sermon series when we first started, Adam and Eve, when they sinned of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the entire human race plunged into sin. Now, God knew he needed to provide us with a way back to the tree of life, and that answer was in his son, Jesus. In today's scripture, we hear how people brought a sinner to Jesus. Now, we're always encouraged to bring people to Jesus, but not in this way. You see, when the religious uh, uh, folks, they grabbed this uh, uh, woman, they brought him to Jesus to be condemned, to be judged, to bring her down, to stone her according to the law. On verse 7 through 9 of the scripture reference, I just want to recall back to it. The Bible is saying this. They kept demanding an answer and he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again 
And he kept on riding in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. So the first point I want to share with you today is that Jesus came to free us from the power of sin. In order to be grateful for that freedom, we must also understand what stronghold and what this power of sin really is all about and how it affects our lives. You see, the power of sin robs us from our ability to understand the spiritual truth. It robs us of our excitement of spiritual nurture and worship. It causes us to think twice about a life of prayer. You see, the power of sin not only affects our relationship between us and God or ourselves, but also affects the relationship we have with other people. That's what this power, this stronghold has when it talks about sin. The relationship you have with other people. And we've already heard when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandments? He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one is equally as important is to love thy neighbor. But the power of sin then creates some type of conflict, creates some type of distance. And the relationship you have again with God, with yourself, and with others. The power of sin causes bitterness and increases the chances of becoming hard-hearted. The power of sin causes our hearts to not submit to God. It causes us to not humble ourselves. The power of sin causes us to open the door to Satan and his tactics to try to overcome God's sovereignty. And as we look at the Advent candles and what they all represent, the power of sin also robs us of our hope, of our joy, of our love, and of our peace. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. We're looking through this Advent season, and as every week we light a candle and it's expectation of the coming of the promise. And as we remember the birth of Christ, the power of sin has that power, that stronghold, that bondage to break up all those things, joy, love, hope, peace. The power of sin causes guilt and condemnation. In the book of Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, So there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the power of sin leads to death. The power of sin causes spiritual death, being separated from the holy God because of our own sin. But it also in, uh, being, uh, includes being spiritually incapable of responding favorably to the truth of the gospel. Unless God raises us from spiritual death unto spiritual life. But we who are in Christ Jesus need not despair. 
Because Christ defeated death, and the Bible and the Revelations, the first chapter, it tells us that he holds the keys of hell and of death. And therefore, we as believers should celebrate that the power of sin does not have a, whole, a, a stronghold on us. It shouldn't. Because if we as sons and daughters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ as God, knowing that we don't have to be defeated, live defeated lives because of death, And that power of sin that's in our lives, but as we give of ourselves unto the almighty God, we can rejoice. You see, but even knowing what type of power the sin has in our lives, there are Christians and non-Christians alike that allow the power of sin to continue to run their lives. In the expository thoughts of the gospel, J.C. Ryle wrote, Christ is never fully valued until sin is clearly seen. I'm going to say it again. Christ is never fully valued until sin is clearly seen. You see, and therefore, when we recognize the power of sin and how we're able to be freed from it, this power of sin that only Christ can provide, then we're able to wholeheartedly and with our voices and with our bodies sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We can sing it with this jubilant way because we're not just only singing amazing grace. How sweet the sound. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, when, <laughs> but when we realize the freedom and the way that we can celebrate of this power, of the release of this power of sin, of this bondage that we have in our lives, then we can say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It's a total different way of looking at life because you know that in your life, the power of sin no longer has a stronghold on you, but Christ, who has the keys of hell and of death, has set you free from this power. Can I get an amen? Praise God. And so when it's verse 10 and 11, Jesus stood up again and he told this, uh, and he said to this woman, he says, where are your accusers? Didn't one of them, well, you know, didn't, didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. When you come before the almighty prince of the almighty God, and then he's saying, who else is accusing you? And you can say no one as you're looking around because it's between you and God and the relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Then Jesus can say to you, neither do I. But please keep in mind that he continues on. He doesn't doesn't just stop there. Jesus says, go on and sin no more. So our second point today is that with freedom, we can decide to allow what we allow to master us. Although believers have been delivered from the dominating power of sin, we still must do battle against it by walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 6, verses 12 and 14, the Bible reminds us, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. 
and said, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life, so that your whole body has an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. I'm going to say it again. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law, but instead you live under the freedom that God gives you. The freedom of God's grace. Sin is no longer your master, ladies and gentlemen. If you turn to Christ, if you give your life to Christ, And in Romans 6, again, verses 22 and 23, the Bible reminds us of this. But now you are free from the power of sin. You see, at the Bible times and even in our times, it was so important for us to understand what this power holds in our lives. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Today, when we were preparing for this message, and it's been about two weeks and and the outlines, and just had this strong feel about people understanding and how Christians live sometimes defeated lives. They come in on, on the weekends, on the worship time, a Bible study time, but they still live in a sense of a defeated lives because they don't fully grasp what this power of sin can do to their lives. The relationship they have with God, the relationship they have with themselves, the relationship they have with other people. But I pray that you have heard today what this power of sin, what this stronghold, this bondage, shackles of chains, due to our spiritual lives and the response to others. I want to provide you with an opportunity. I'm going to ask you to please stand. We're going to sing a song that's titled No Longer Slaves.
morning, the gift you receive when you place your faith in Christ is a gift you receive right now in this life. You don't have to wait until Christmas to to receive that precious gift. While we continue singing this song of No Longer Slaves, we invite you to come forward as an invitation to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Please know that it's an invitation and not never forced. You're invited to come forward for a prayer of whatever freedom you will need, a freedom of bondage, a freedom from addiction, a freedom from the power of sin. God doesn't want his children to keep living defeated lives. So as the congregation continues singing and you have that, uh, the courage to come forward, we'd love to be able to pray for you. You can do that at this time.
our next steps.